Listener supported. WNYC Studios. This is All of It. I'm Allison Stewart, live from the WNYC studios in Soho. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. I'm really grateful you're here on today's show. Just in time for Valentine's Day, author comedian Lane Moore will be with us to talk about her new book about dating pitfalls. We'll also hear from the co-writer and the lead of the play Between Two Knees. They'll join us to discuss how they find the funny and the traumatic history of indigenous people. And we'll also talk about the big transformation in Williamsburg since 1988. Maybe you saw that New York Times piece. Well, we'll speak with its author and take your calls. Plus, later in the show, we will be announcing our February Get Lit with All of It musical guest. That is our plan. So let's get this started with the king of jingles himself, Steve Carr who wrote this. Britney Spirit gum, gum, gum. Britney Spirit gum, gum, gum. Britney Spirit gum. Carry a big fresh flavor wherever you go, whatever you do. It's the finest pack of flavor wherever you go, whatever you do. Britney Spirit gum. Carry it with you. Britney Spirit gum. The big fresh flavor. Britney Spirit gum. Carry it with you. Wrigley Spearmint Gum, the big fresh flavor. Wrigley Spearmint Gum, the big fresh flavor. Wherever you go, whatever you do. It's a classic. Super Bowl Sunday is rapidly approaching, and while some may be watching the action on the field, there are those who are more interested in the commercials, which is prime real estate in the ad world. At this year's Super Bowl, it is costing companies $7 million for just 30 seconds of airtime. Jingles and commercials have a long history with countless catchy tunes that no doubt have been living rent-free in your head for years, like this Budweiser jingle from the 70s. Budweiser, fears the one that's leading the or maybe the famous Hershey jingle. Even if you cross the wide world over, it really doesn't matter where you are. You're at home cause Hershey is the great American, great American chocolate bar. Or this one promoting a Poconos Resort from the 80s. There's a place to go to set your spirit free when you want some fun and hospitality where you feel at home and you're glad to be at the Neverly. All of those jingles and many, many more were composed by Steve Carmen, a born and raised New Yorker who has been called by some the King of the jingle. Throughout his career, he's worked with all kinds of companies, cars, beer, gum, and even state governments. He is the man behind New York State's famous I Love New York theme song, which of course we're going to listen to in a little bit. But first, a hearty welcome to Steve Carmen. Hi, Steve. Good morning, Allison. It's a pleasure to hear your voice. So happy to have you aboard. Listeners, Let's have some fun on this Friday. What is a commercial jingle that you just can't seem to get out of your head? Maybe it's one from your childhood or one from your adult life, one from today. Call in, tell us your pick, and if you're feeling up to it, sing it to us as well. (laughs) 
<laughs> Phone lines are open. 212-433-WNYC. 212-433-9692. You may join me and Steve on the air, or you can text us at that number as well. 212-433-9692. Our social media is open as well, at all of it, WNYC. Or maybe you have questions for Steve Carmen, who made so many iconic jingles in his career, all about his process. I'm going to ask a few right now. All right, so Steve, what does it mean to write something catchy? Are there certain notes or chord progressions that are guaranteed to hit? No. <laughs> it it doesn't work that way. You, when I, you know, I've been in the I was in the business for a long, long time, and I haven't written a, uh, a jingle for at least fifteen or twenty years—a long time. But when the music that you played earlier was really popular, it was not just there's no secret, but there is a, a strategy. It's the big word that we were always faced with when we went to the meeting. What is the strategy of this campaign? And what you hear today, to my mind, seems to be developed without any strategy whatsoever. Mm-hmm. People are putting songs on pop. To me, a pop song doesn't represent a product. It represents the pop song. Mm-hmm. And unless you sing the word or the name of the product someplace in there, to me, the advertising fails. Now, I know I'm in a very dark minority here, but uh, advertising, my, my view of the advertising world is that when you look at how the commercials are made today, this is the face of America's economy. Mm-hmm. That's what advertising is supposed to be. And right now it's very shaky. You hear music all over the place in commercials, and very few of them mention the name of the product. And to me, that's, that's the name of the game. I was in the advertising business. I was not passing through between mm-hmm. writing uh, a Broadway show or, you know, I, that was my business, advertising. And I studied it. And the way to make successful advertising is to come up with a strategy. What do you want to say about the product? And leave me alone and let me write something that is inspired by what you're out to say. And sometimes it works, as you just played, and sometimes it doesn't. But at least it's aimed at putting the name of the product out there. And that's not what happens today. May I ask you, what's your musical background? Well, I graduated from the Bronx High School of Science. So I have no musical background. So I'm you're smart. You're smart. Is what you are. <laughs> I hope so. No, I, you know, when you look back on all the stuff that I have produced, I think some of it is really outstanding. The thing that I like most about what you just played is there's nothing on the air like it now. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a different sound. Granted, it came from a different era, but at least when you heard it, you recognize what the product was, and many times you could sing along with it, and. uh I don't know. People say, where did you get the talent? I think it's a gift. Yeah. But what I did is I honed, I worked at it and honed my gift. And whenever I had a problem, I called someone and asked the question. But I have no musical training. I didn't go to music school. And uh, as I say, I went to the Bronx High School of Science. I graduated in 1954. I have a sense, Allison, that you might not have been around by then. Not, you know, my parents got married okay. in 1954, actually. So oh, okay. <laughs> my sister came around, along two years later. I was about a decade after that. Um, so when you, so how do you go from Bronx science to jingle writing? Did you want to go into advertising always? No, I was in science uh, on the supposed path to become a doctor or something like that. It's a very, it's a wonderful school, but uh, I should have gone to a music school, but I didn't. But there was another kid at, at Science High School 
whose name was Bobby Casado, and he changed his name later to Bobby Darren. Oh. <laughs> and we, he started an act, and he wanted me to be his guitarist. So I went out and bought a guitar, and a week later we were doing an act. And uh, we went on the road and played nightclubs all over and did a couple of TV shows, and it was something that, you know, when you hear applause the first time, I mean, real applause, you finish a song, and all of a sudden you've got 500 people clapping and whistling, whatever. It's, this is a very addictive thing. But my career with Bobby was very short-lived because he, he needed someone who was a better musician than I. And that's the true story. And uh, he went out on his own, and I decided to try to become a singer. So I got a, you know, fixed up my guitar a little bit, and I started to do a folk act. And I worked in clubs for about 10 years, and then um, folk was no longer popular. Someone once joked that I missed every trend. <laughs> so, you know, this is what happens. And then I had a friend living across the street. And we lived out in Rockville Center, Long Island then, who was in the advertising production business. He was the guy that filmed the commercials. And he said, can you write a, a score for a 30-second spot? I had been scoring low-budget movies and where I had to do an hour's worth of music, and 30 seconds was a breeze, and all of a sudden, here's a business. So that's the short story, but it represents a lot, a lot, a lot of effort. And when I talk to young people these days, I say, you know, you've got to study. You have to woodshed your instrument. Mm -hmm. You have to practice and practice, and when you don't know, you ask a question. It becomes a pain in the butt. But this is how people will recognize you. And uh, I banged on a lot of doors, Alice. <laughs> and I'm glad a few of them opened. My guest is Steve Carmen. He is the king of the jingle. He is a composer. He is an ad man. We are talking about jingles that have had meaning in your life that you just can't get enough of. Steve has written the Budweiser jingle, the Hersey jingle, the Neville jingle, which Neville, by the way, in Ulster, not Poconos. Thanks for the, uh, the shout out from somebody who let us know. Um, we got a lot of calls. Let's take some calls, Steve. Here's Aaron calling in from East Meadow, New York. Hi, Aaron. Hi. I've got a brief one for you, which I think makes for a good jingle. Um, I think this checks all the boxes. It's catchy, it's short, and it portrays the product accurately. So are you ready? Yes. Go. Okay. Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. Very good. That's well, a wonderful piece of, piece of music, by the way. And there has recently been a spot where they just play the music. I mean, on television, mm. just play the music. But you know what it is because you've heard it. And it's been consistent under the, uh, the advertising for Kit Kat. And that's, part, that's half the game. If you can get a sound of your own. And just keep putting it out there. It's non-offensive. Mm -hmm. It's cute. And it marries it to the video. And people accept that automatically by hearing the, the melody. That's a really good spot. One of the very few, I may add, that makes any impact today. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of terrible stuff out there. We'll go, we won't go into that now. <laughs> Let's talk to Sabrina from New York City who has pulled over to call us. Hi, Sabrina. Hi, how are you? I would like to sing a quick jingle that was a lullaby that I sang to my baby. He's now 20 years old as of yesterday, but he will know this very well. It goes like this. Soft is the very first feeling you know. It's the feeling you never outgrow. 
Johnson's baby powder. It's a feeling you never outgrow. And that was sung by Amy Roslin years ago, and I just I love that jingle. That's wonderful that you remember it. I also love Steve. I love that it has a a, a memory for her with her child. It's yes, not, it's not just about the product. It's about a time in their lives. You know. That's right. But it, when when she sings it to her child sitting on her knee at that point or being cradled in her arm, and this has become something that maybe puts the baby to sleep, mm-hmm. or it just, it's you know, it makes a difference. And later on in life, as he has heard it, all of a sudden he recognizes this is what mommy sang, and I see it being sold on that counter. I want to play another one of your fabulous jingles. This one... People will know right away. I'm just going to play it. I'm not even going to set it up. Go for it. Who can you call on for better insurance? Who can you call nationwide? Who can you count on for blanket protection? And know that you'll find peace of mind. Call nationwide. Steve, I feel like you take us on a journey with that one. Well, you know, we're we're all getting old out here, Allison, you know. (laughs) Talk in the tube, kid. What? (laughs) No, well, Nationwide, believe it or not, I believe, is the longest-running campaign in the history of television. I wrote that in 1967. And as as you note, there's a whole lyric there. Mm -hmm. And that's what we used to, uh, people used to advertise with a full lyric. Now you see products and they come up with one cute line and then they sing it and they think they're hitting home runs. But again, you know, I'm, I'm an, I am in favor of something that will sit back in the back roads of your memory and allow you to remember something in a nice way. And uh, that's how they sell products. Let's take another call. Rachel calling in from Nyack. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for calling in. You're on the air with Steve. Hi. Look. For the union label, when you are buying a coat, pants, or dress, bum, Tessa, who is calling in from Brooklyn. Hey, Tessa. Hey, how's it going? Going great. Are you going to sing for us? Yes, I'm an 80s baby, so cinnamon gum was really popular, and uh, I'm going to do the big red gum jingle, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so kiss a little longer, stay close a little longer, make it last a little longer, longer with big red, that big red freshness, laugh right through it. Your fresh breath goes on and on. While you chew it, say goodbye a little longer. Make it last a little longer. Keep your breath long, lasting freshness with big red. Boom. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Tessa. Where do you remember mm. hearing that? Oh, definitely like on TV. I was partially raised by TV. Mm. And I'm now a commercial director. So it's like this big full circle thing. <laughs> 
That's great. Tessa, thank you for calling in. So, Steve, was there ever, what was your first jingle? Let's go back to that. What was your first jingle? The first, well, I call it the first hit that I had. Mm Mm-hmm. After doing a lot of little low-budget things and background scores, you know, that's how you start. You, sc- you write the background score for something. and But the first real hit I had was, you can take Salem out of the country, but you can't take the country out of Salem. And cig- cigarette advertising was legal then. And in those days, there were three networks and a couple of minor stations in each town. And when you got something on the network, the whole country heard it. It was, I mean, mm. the, the ability to reach people then was so much easier than it is today. And, uh, but that was a, you could take Salem out of the country was my first big hit with that. And then someone called me. And I love the stories because someone called me and said, hey, you're the guy that wrote Salem, right? Yeah, I said, would you like to write for Budweiser? <laughs> you know, of course. So I, the first thing I wrote for Bud was a campaign called Bud is the King of Beers, but you know that. And it ran until 1970. And then they wanted to change the campaign. And then I wrote, boom, bop, boom, bop, boom, when you say Bud, you said a lot of things nobody else can say. Boom, boom, when you say Bud. And it became a huge hit. Wow. And it ran for Budweiser for almost 15 years. And different, you know, we changed the lyrics for all you do, this Bud's for you. But it's the same melody, and they. But advertisers don't do that today. Mm. Now they want a little cute phrase. I call it the Munchkin song. You'll forgive me. Liberty, 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 liberty. You know, <laughs> and uh, some people may like it. God bless them. But that's to me. That's not real solid advertising. And it's been running for a couple of years. They drill it into mm-hmm. your head. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But to me, if you have, if you really want to advertise, to me the best mechanism is music, and the reason is that music reaches everybody. And uh, if you do the right kind of thing, you can make a living from this. As proven by the long and illustrious career of Steve Carmen, he is the king of the jingle. Our phone lines are full, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to line up some more jingle singers. We'll have more with Steve Carmen after a quick break. This is all of it. You are listening to all of it on WNYC. My guest is Steve Carmen, the composer, the ad man, the king of the jingles. He's written so many of the jingles you've heard throughout your life. He is joining us as well as you listeners who are calling in with jingles that still stay with you. Steve, let's take some more calls. Let's talk to Melissa calling in from Mineola. Hi, Melissa. Hi, good morning. How's everybody doing this afternoon? Great. It's a long way to Mineola. It's a long way to ride. It's a long way to Mineola. Seven stops past Oceanside. I met my girlfriend out in Mineola. I'm blowing the lyric here. And she was my bride-to-be. I live Now I live with her in Mineola, and her family lives off me. Whatever. Anyway. Next. You were serenaded, Melissa. All right, hit us with your jingle you love. Amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. So my uh, earliest, I think, remembrance of a commercial is the best part of waking up. 
soldiers in your cup. Yep. And you know what made that great? Because they stuck with it. Mm-hmm. They had different video from time to time, but they stuck with that idea, and it was a beautiful melody, and it worked in 30 seconds. And today, I I challenge you to recognize things that are have lasting value. It just doesn't work today. Today, I think advertising creative people are lazy. Mm. What they want today is to pick up a pop song someplace, and they figure they got it. So, but that was a wonderful, you know. But what is it? The, the last. What is the line? Last drop in your cup. Folders in your folders cup. in your right. cup. Uh, let's talk to Eileen yep. from Weehawken. This goes along with coffee Hi. in the morning. Hi, Eileen, <laughs> go. Hello, yes, morning. You're talking about the cereal I called on with, although I want to give a shout-out because you're the Neville, Steve. Uh, my 80s New York City stuff comes back to uh, House of Grossman. One look and you know it's a House of Grossman. And also um, Food Emporium. But anyway, I called with um, two cereal commercials from the probably early 60s, late 70s. One, if uh, the kids today, they don't know Pig Latin anymore, but if they'd been around when I was, they would have learned the original Fruit Loops song, which was crispy and delicious day for breakfast and for acting snay made with real fruit, Averflay, oot, spray, oopslay. That was Fruit Loops sung by Toucan Sam. No, not to, well, anyway, not to, anyway, maybe. And the other was. To the tune of, I believe it's from the Nutcracker, um, and you referenced like other jingles that had been put to pre-existing themes, was uh, for Crispy Critters, which was basically animal-shaped alphabets, oat cereal, and uh, a stampede would Mm -hmm. go across, and the theme was the one and only cereal that comes in the shape of animals, and that was the little Crispy Critters thing. You have a wonderful voice. Have you pursued, serious, have you pursued this professionally? Well, I am a songwriter, and I my most lucrative opportunity came writing English language teaching songs for some Oxford University press publications. So wow, they were great. singles of the sort. So, yeah. But anyway, I know I've been embedded. And Salem, I was your sweet spot, and I'll go out with meow, 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 <laughs> Thank you. Eileen. I got to tell you, I'll tell you an out of school story. Uh-oh. I had been offered through my career to write for cat food, and I don't hold it against me, but I don't like cats. I was never. We've had dogs in our house, but I just a cat is not friendly to me. And every time I did a demo for a, a, a cat food, I never got the job, hmm. and it worked. I mean, it was just I don't like cats, and I just showed in the writing. So. I want to read a text to you, Steve, that's really interesting. This Someone has texted, I am blind, and I have fond memories of the era of the jingle. Today, there's usually no dialogue or jingle that even mentions the product. There's just music that plays for a short while, and you have no idea what that was all about. My sighted Bravo. husband tells me that it's sometimes difficult to figure out, even if you're looking at the screen. Bravo. My super compliments to the person who wrote that, because that is the truth. Mm. And it's coming from the consumer. This is what people don't recognize. They think if they see some quick line on Saturday Night Live, and they say, hey, that'll make a great commercial for this. And they put it in, and it's one laugh, and you're gone. And that's why, again, I defend the music part. Music is everything. It's the universal communicator. Wow. That's a wonderful, wonderful comment. Thank you. Love that comment. All right, so we're getting a bunch of texts, which means I'm going to have to sing them, which makes me... (laughs) 
<laughs> which I okay, I'm game. This one okay, says, I can bring home the bacon, fry it up in a pan, and never let you ever forget your man, Anjali. That smelly perfume. And I'm a woman. Anjali. W O M A N. Say it again. Listen, Alice, don't laugh, but when I used to present. You know, I wrote something, and I would go to the editor's house where he had a, a movieola, they called it, and they ran the film through it, and you could watch it and cut the film or whatever. And I would sing along with what I had written, just, you know, a cappella. And I would go, uh, uh, Wrigley Spearman, gum, 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 chicka, gum, that kind of rhythm, gum, gum. I would make sound effects. Love it. And one of the one of my producers used to call me Gunga Chin. That became my nickname because we played something you know, to make the sound of like a gunga drum. So yes. Let's take some more calls. Kevin from Morristown. Hi Kevin. Isla mejor cuando se toma más de uno. Vaso, that's a vaso. And that's all I can remember. But, and, you know, the English lyric was for Schaefer, put him on the map. Schaefer is the one beer to have when you're having more than one. That is a solid advertising line. And I don't know what happened to Schaefer beer, but obviously business did not follow the strength of the commercial. Because, uh, you know, we live in the era of someone becomes successful and a bigger company gobbles it up. Mm. All right. We're going to, you know, we're going to throw the skunk on the table right now. Line nine. Lynn. Okay, Lynn, just do it. Hi. <laughs> just do it. This is an earworm for me. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Donate your K- car today. K-A-R-S, car kids. Okay, now here's my gripe about that. It's wonderful. Number one, it's public service, and it's, it represents a charity, so that mm-hmm. you can't knock that part. But the production of the first spot was the last line. It's sung by a kid. Donate your car today. And the kid sounds like he's got to get his teeth straight. <laughs> Donate your car today. And every time I hear it, I change the station. And I have to say for doing due diligence that there is some sort of trademark issue with another organization with Cars for Kids. So everybody... Is that so? Yeah, so okay. letting people Forgive know. Me, I was not aware of it. No, we're just letting people know. Um, some folks wanted to know, and I and feel free to, to say mind your own beeswax, want to know about uh, royalties and the business uh-huh. model of this. Aha, aha. Remember when you played Nationwide before? Mm-hmm. And I told you it's been running for 300 years. Well, that was my first real getting into the big time. And I, I was, my music was going to represent nationwide insurance. And the advertising agency, it was Ogilvy Mather in those days, mm-hmm. handed me a contract. And I was right out of the, right in from the farm in the Bronx. <laughs> and I looked at it and said, he said, sign here. And I signed it. And I got paid, I think, if I recall, $2,000 to write the nationwide campaign. And all the lyrics went through it. I always wrote my own lyrics. And then it started to go on and on. And I did all the arranging, the musical arrangements behind all the commercials for at least 10 years. But they would not pay me a royalty. They would not allow me. It used to be the way 
uh, singer's work, the composer would sing on the job. And if he sang on the job, he got a union royalty. But on Nationwide, I got zilch. And it's still, people say, you must be very angry. And I said, no. This campaign taught me hmm. that if you want something, you got to fight for it. And advertising composers do not get any kind of royalty whatsoever unless they sing on the commercial. And all, the co- all of my colleagues used to get out there and be in the vocal group, and it qualified somebody. I knew people who made a, literally a million dollars a year. But if they did not produce the spot, they could not hire themselves as a singer. And so what I did after Nationwide, I went to a friend who worked at a major uh, theatrical agency. His name was Peter Kelly. He's gone now, but he was the most, he's the man that changed my life. And he got together with a couple of agency managers and lawyers and came up with a contract where I, I did not have to sing to get a royalty. And we worked out a certain schedule and I would get paid when it was played. And this was earth-shaking, and I had to fight my entire career. I got along Mm. fabulously with the creative people. When it came to the the business managers and the lawyers, they hated me. But I wanted my own contract, and I used my own contract ever since. And I I promise you, Allison, I turned down some really heavyweight products because they wanted to own the copyright, and I said I wouldn't do it. We've gotten so. So, many, so many calls. We can't get to everybody. We've gotten the Lowenbrow commercial. We've got the McDonald's commercial, Texaco yeah. jingle, so many. But we can't end the segment without talking about I Love New York. Uh, What's the backstory of I Love New York? My mother is very happy. Uh, I Love New York happened in 1977. If, if you have memory back that far, there was a great headline on, I think it was either the Daily News or the New York Post, that said Ford to New York, President Ford to New York, drop dead. And the governor at that time was Hugh Carey, and he wanted to come up with an advertising campaign to make it so that New York sounded what it is. It's the, probably the most sought-after location, and to, for people to come on vacation, there's Broadway, there's, uh, there's everything that is New York that you think about. And I was asked to write a, a, a jingle for it. And I think they paid me $2,500 for, to do the demo, This is, is meaning the production cost, uh, for musicians and singers. And I think I used a 40-piece orchestra, and I had eight singers, and, you know, a big production. And I made zero on it until they bought it. But then, when it took off, particularly the Broadway commercials, it became uh, iconic immediately. And you, you cannot possibly plan for something like that. This is one of those magical things that just happened. And uh, it became, uh, Governor Carey proclaimed it as the state song in 1980. So, uh, Allison, you don't have to stand up, but you're talking to the only living state song composer. I'm standing up right now. They see me in the studio. I salute you, you, sir. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. No, I mean, I Love New York has been, it's been great. And I know you're pressed for time. But what... What has happened with that is the first time that a municipal government of any kind ever advertised. And the Broadway commercials, and there was the very first commercial where one guy says, I live in Brooklyn, but I love New York. And it, it, became, uh, it became what New York is, iconic. Thanks to everybody who called in and sang. Thanks to everybody who texted. And a huge thanks 
to Steve Carmen. Steve, so great to talk Thank to you. Thank you, Allison. And thanks to you listeners, too. I had a fabulous time. you got to get a 30-hour show, and then we'll start to talk about the real stuff. You're planning a long vacation Or just a day or two You're finally on vacation You're wondering what to do You want some place that's different You want some place that's special You can have a great vacation in New York And you say, oh. 